11 o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Nick Schwert with you. Reminder, coming up in the 1 o'clock hour today, it is Fantasy Football Championship Week for just about everybody if your league's still going. So Paul Charchian of Guillotine Leagues will get us some advice, including how do you approach tonight? It's Thursday Night Football, Titans-Cowboys. The Titans are essentially resting everybody. And I actually think it's smart. I know it goes against like the old school football mentality. Like it's still a regular season game and you're play- you still have a chance to make playoffs. That's why they're resting guys though tonight. And I actually love it because this week's game doesn't matter for the Titans or the Jags. They can both lose. They can both win. It still comes down to week 18. The winner of that game wins the it. AFC South. I hate it. For fantasy football reasons or you just no, don't like just the... Pl- dude, play the game. Yeah. I, play I, the game. Isn't it, is, jobs are on the line to make the postseason, are they not? And yes. this gives you a better chance to make the postseason. I want to get I'll get Dane, I want to get Damian Hughes week. thoughts on this. <laughs> Damian Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, of course, part of the Chiefs radio network. You'll hear him on the call Sunday afternoon. Also tonight, players only. Sean Barber, Damian Hughes, right here on Six Ten Sports Radio. Uh, I don't know if you caught any of that, uh, Danian, but what, what's your, your your take? I know I feel like you're probably a little old school football guy here, but uh, with what Mike Vrabel are, is doing with the Titans tonight. Actually, I'm, I don't have a problem with it. Okay. Guys. I, I think the ultimate goal is to get to the playoffs. And just like you would sit, if we were in a situation where the Bills, we were up on two games on the Bills, you'd probably see Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and several other guys sit next week uh, because you would have already secured home field advantage. In their case, there's no home field advantage, but – there's just a playoff berth. So if you can rest guys to have a hundred percent for next week and that matchup to me, I don't have a problem. I think it's smart football. I understand from a fan's perspective, you kind of get into the zone of, you know, rest and management like you see in the, in the NBA. And I'm sure that doesn't sit well with ticket purchasing fans. But other than that, like, I feel like the fans, those those fans who have a problem with it, won't have a problem with it if their team's in the playoffs. Hundred percent with you. I, I think it's hundred percent right. If they if they win against Jacksonville in Week 18, people won't care what's going on here in, in Week 17. That's for sure. All right. What about what about the Chiefs here? We we know there's a ton still on the line for them. They got to continue to win out, and then all eyes are going to be on that Monday Night Football game between Buffalo and Cincinnati. Nick and I were just talking about it. Uh, who would you rather still face, though, in, in the postseason? Because I, I think I'd rather face Buffalo, but I want Cincinnati to win Monday night. Uh, I'd rather face Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, I, I just feel like, and that's part of that is probably my ego, the competitive nature in me. Like, there's only but so many times I'm going to let you slap me, and then I got to swing back and, and, and knock you out. And I feel like that can be the mindset. That could be a resounding mindset with this Chiefs organization based on the evidence of the the Bengals having the best of us. Three straight times, all within one calendar year. And so I feel like that redemption, that retribution on that stage in the playoffs is coming. And it's necessary. And so uh, not saying that, you know, Buffalo would be easier, not saying that they would be tougher. They possibly would be, especially with how we've ended their seasons. But I just that's just the competitive side of me is saying, like, I want want the Bengals. I want the Bengals again. Bring it on and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. 
Yeah, I mean, say if Buffalo loses to Cincinnati, then of course it would. If Chiefs handle business, it bumps the Chiefs up to the one seed, and it does set up to where all of a sudden you could have a, a scenario where you're you're playing Cincinnati at Arrowhead, of course, maybe even in the the AFC title game, depending on how everything shapes up. How do you feel about the Chiefs right now, though, in in general? Because I, I know it was Seattle. I understand they're trending in the wrong direction, but this was the best I felt after a Chiefs win since maybe that Chargers win, Dana, five or so weeks ago, uh, considering all three phases, they didn't turn, you know, they didn't turn the football over. It was a clean game. Yeah, I think this is the football stretch that we're hoping to see that kind of play. Um, nobody wins championships in September. Doesn't really matter how good or bad you are in October. December and January football is where you need to be peaking. And so if we look at that game last week against the Seahawks, I feel like that's a game where we saw a very good team play very good football. Uh, I I said it on players only last week, and it's not a knock to the Chiefs at all, but they are not a great team yet. And that's okay. Like, it's it's really okay. Nobody – there were some great teams early in the season. A lot of people had the Buffalo Bills as a great team early in the season. And not so much now. They've won games, but they've kind of squeaked by. And I'm sure those fans will recognize that they're not playing their best football now. They're just happening, happening to win games. And we are beating who we're supposed to beat. We won last week decisively. And we have, we're in another position where this week we can take another step up, definitely beat somebody we're supposed to beat, beat them again for, what, the 15th straight time and have that momentum carrying into the wild card game, if that's the way it shakes out, or into the divisional after the bye. Talking to former Chiefs wide receiver Danon Hughes here on Cody and Gold. What excites me for potentially this weekend and also now for, for this stretch heading into the postseason is we've seen so little, Danon, of a fully healthy wide receiver core with Cole Harmon along with Kadarius, Tony, and Juju, and MVS, and on and on and on. And it looks like McColl might actually play on Sunday against Denver. If that's the case, it's only been a handful of snaps. It feels like where we've had that entire complement of wide receivers. I, I, this offense has been perfectly fine. It's the number one offense in football, but I, I'm excited to see really what it looks like with everybody back involved. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's time. It's, it's, we're in that sector of the season where you want to have all your bullets in your chamber. You want to have everything ready in your arsenal And if you can get McCall Hardman back on the field, you can see maybe some of the brewing creativity from Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid regarding how they utilize both he and Kadarius Toney. Uh, To me, that can catapult us. That can move us in a direction to instill some serious fear in anybody we play in the playoffs. So I, I like the idea that McCall is back for possibly two games not just one game and then another break in the bye if we get that, but two games where he can get his, his bearings amongst them. He can get his speed of the game and then getting in, into the flow of the game better. And then if we have a bye, you tighten up the screws during that bye, and then you come out guns blazing for that playoff run. So I, I think it's great. It's great timing. And the fact that we've been able to win without McCall Hardman uh, is just extra icing on the cake. So I like the idea that we're, we're relatively healthy and much, I would say, I haven't looked at everybody else's injury report, but I feel like we're probably the healthiest yeah. in the AFC. And that's, it's pretty good. Dana, 
when you look back at what you thought this offense was going to look like before the season, what it did look like to start the season and kind of where they're at now coming down the home stretch of the regular season, what's the biggest area that you've seen them evolve over the last three or four months? I, so that's a great question because here's the thing. A lot of us did not uh, believe Patrick Mahomes when he came out during the preseason and said, we're going to be just as good, but we're going to look different. I believed it because I, I feel like he has shown the ability to spread the ball around and trust his receivers and tight ends. And then the creativity that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy employ with Noah Gray and Jody Fortson and all these guys that are just, you know, role players, but they are specific parts of this offense and they are utilized to the best of their ability. And we don't put too much on their shoulders. So I felt like there was a lot of disbelief with Patrick Mahomes and you lost Tyreek Hill. Um, how, how are we going to do this? Like, how are we going to get these yardage? How are we going to get these big plays? And I remember saying it myself. I said, we just lost the ability to have a guy catch a five-yard hitch route and make six guys miss and take the ball for 40 yards. That's pretty much it because everything else that he brought to the table, we can replicate somehow. And the numbers show that we have been able to do that. It's not the prettiest at times. You'd like to see more production from MVS because of what you, what you signed him for during the off season. Uh, you like to see the consistency with the wide receivers being more dominant. And that's part of what I want to see in these last two games as well. I want to, I want to see this offense specifically a wide receiver one, hopefully two to develop to a point where, they are going to instill some sort of fear in an opponent in the playoffs. That's my wish for Christmas is that we get a guy, whether it's MVS showing his vertical speed, whether it's uh, Juju Smith-Schuster showing the underneath and intermediate routes and bouncing off of tackles and taking a five-yard shallow cross 20 yards. I want to see that going into the playoffs, but I feel like, we didn't believe Patrick Mahomes and he's shown us again that he's the greatest quarterback in the game and he can do it with a whole bunch of different parts and doesn't need the superstar. Lastly, Dan, and I want to talk more big picture off season, just for a second, we were having the conversation around uh, Laramie Tunzel because uh, there were some comments made by him yesterday. Of course, the left tackle for the Texans who said he wants to be paid as the highest paid left tackle in football, which we all know that was very similar to the comments we heard this past off season involving Orlando Brown jr. We know he's playing on a franchise tag. We're going to go through that same conversation again, this off season. I said earlier on the show, we obviously don't know what the draft compensation would be, but Laramie Tunzel wants to be paid like a left highest paid left tackle. And to me, he is a top two or three left tackle, which is to me is different than what we're talking about with Orlando Brown jr. How how interested would you be in exploring something like that with Laramie Tunzel in the offseason where you would work out a trade with the Texans and then I guess you'd have to turn around and trade Orlando Brown Jr.? I uh, that's, that's a tough, tough question, and here's why. Because you got to make sure that you hit a home run if you're going to let go Orlando Brown Jr. Not saying just because I believe Orlando Brown Jr. is the best left tackle in the league. I'm not, I'm not saying that, Mm -hmm. but if you got a guy that has been to the pro bowls, has protected the backside and we are 
We are in a situation where Patrick Mahomes, although there are times where he's whiffed on blocks, that's gone around the league. Uh, and there's trust there. If you're going to replace that, you better hit it out of the park. And if Laramie Tunsil is that guy, I have no problem with it. And I kind of go back to what we say, what a lot of people say from January, February, March, and into April specifically to the draft, in Brett Veach we trust. Mm -hmm. And that can't be a wavering comment. And I know it it, it is at times because a lot of people jump off the ship uh, come preseason or if somebody goes down or if we don't start – in, in a great fashion, but I'm going to roll with Brett. He hasn't let us down yet, so let's let's stick with that. And if he believes that Tunsil is a guy that can fit in and, and he's better based on that money, then let's go for it. Former Chiefs wide receiver Danon Hughes. You can hear him tonight on Players Only along with uh, Sean Barber. And then uh, what do you think of the bowl game? Real quick, Music City Bowl. We were talking Kentucky, Iowa. Are the Hawkeyes winning or are you guys going to be disappointed? I think the Hawkeyes will win. It's it's a tough because um, Mark Stoops is the coach of Kentucky, and he was actually my teammate oh, at wow. Iowa. Okay. So the Stoops brothers were all there, Bobby and and Mike and Mark. Um, before they went off, you know, obviously Bobby went off to great stardom with uh, with Oklahoma. But yeah, I was around the Stoops brothers my most of my career. So I, I wish him well. And I hope the game is won by one point by the Hawks. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Danian Hughes, we'll, t- we'll hear you tonight. There you go. Danian Hughes right. joins us here on Cody and Gold. And, yeah, players only tonight, 6 o'clock. And then you'll uh, hear him on Sunday afternoon as well when the Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos. You notice I didn't ask anything about the, the Broncos game on Sunday because I'm not, it's, 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 more like, it's more about what's going to happen between Cincinnati and Buffalo. It's more about the Chiefs, of course, taking care of business. It's, it's like the, the Broncos okay. game itself. It's like, all right. Okay. All Can, right. How- how many times do we need to do this this do year? What? You the, know what? The the, the the game. This team sucks. Yeah. We don't even need to talk about it. Correct. No need to take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Every single time we've done that, it has resulted in a close I did it, game. We did it last week. Okay. What the about Texans the last time won? these two teams played? You were in what Germany. What about the Texans game? I know you guys did it when I was gone. I know you did. <laughs> I wasn't even here, and I guarantee, here's what Cody said at some point. <laughs> Cody said, I refuse to take the Texans seriously. I refuse to take this team seriously, and neither should you. Did he say exactly those words while I was gone? I think you're pretty damn close. <laughs> I think you're pretty damn close. I think actually the, the exact <laughs> phrasing was something along the lines of like, basically, could there be anything more embarrassing than losing to the Houston Texans? Okay. So it was something yeah. like that. And that would have been pretty damn embarrassing. Yeah. Yes, yes. And it would. almost was very embarrassing. But be honest, you can say we've done it, but are you worried about Sunday? You know you're not. No. No, you're not. Okay. So, no. Okay. So with that said. But the lack of, the lack of concern has me concerned. <laughs> That's the new telltale sign. For a I mean, nail biting win. That's how I felt week three when the Chiefs lost to the Colts. I told you I didn't. I I don't know. I, I think I told you heading that game. I said I don't know why the Colts make me feel weird heading that game, but something's up with that game. I didn't predict them to lose. I, I predicted the Chiefs to still win, but then we all know what happened in that game. Well, it's kind of like that Rams game where the Rams never had any chance of beating the Chiefs, but it was also never a big enough blowout to where you could just like completely walk away from the TV. Not that you would anyway, but like the idea that. The outcome was decided. It was like, oh, they're still within 13. They score, and it's a, they, get, they, get, they get a touchdown. And it's a one-possession game. 
Like those are the sorts of games the Chiefs exist in perpetually. Yeah. Like we're gonna. Well, this is why they're one of the worst. Right there, we're not. You're not dead yet. We're (laughs) gonna keep you just like an arm's length away. They're they're one of the worst teams against the spread this year. Are they? The Chiefs, yeah. They're they're in the bottom three or four. So, and it's it's for a lot of the reasons you just you kind of what you were laying out. It's like they they have struggled to put teams away, but that was not the issue against Seattle. And I I don't think it will be this go around against Denver based off of the twenty seven nothing lead and then allowing Denver to make it close in Denver. I think this go around. That will not be uh, that will not be the case. Uh, we'll get back to the Orlando Brown Jr. Laramie Tunsil conversation. The question I asked Dane in there uh, coming up in about twelve minutes or so during the Chiefs red half hour. Um, but I I thought this was interesting from from Dan Graziano over at ESPN. We we were talking about the coaching carousel yesterday a little bit, uh, and of course Nathaniel Hackett Broncos opening. Uh, Sean Payton, where would he end up? Perhaps could he end up? out in Indianapolis could he end up out in LA if they made a change all these kind of things were brought up and of course whenever there's openings for the third now we going on the fourth but at least the third straight offseason Eric Bieniemy's name is always one to keep an eye on we know he's had plenty of interviews that's never been the issue Dan Graziano let me just let me just read you this little paragraph when he was talking about the chances for Eric Bieniemy for this offseason to become a head coach he said in this piece quote even though the past couple of cycles have been disappointing for Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, I'm hearing his name a lot as someone who will be of interest to teams looking for a head coach this offseason. We weren't hearing his name much at this time last year, and he didn't go for a lot of interviews after the season. He went on to say, but I'd be very surprised if he didn't get at least an interview in Denver. There are a lot of people I talk to about the coaching carousel who believe this could finally be the year Bienemy gets his shot. Immediately when I read that, I was like, oh, what's changed? And he said, well, I even said, I'm not sure what has changed since last year. Maybe the Chiefs' ability to maintain their high level of offense performance without Tyreek Hill. But for some reason, he sounds like he's more popular on the circuit this time around. That was a, a quote from the piece from Dan Graziano. Yesterday, Andy Reid was asked about the you know the possibility and Andy kind of said you know I think maybe he, he was saying what what maybe changes his case this year he said that the NFL tried to put together this I don't know symposium is the right word maybe uh of, for minority candidates in the offseason where they were able to meet with owners right the guys that are hiring owners and GMs the guys that are hiring these coaches uh try to get to know them on a more personal level not in the you know very formal interview process but just get to know these guys more and he thinks maybe there's a chance that 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 happens here Oh, look, I don't need to repeat myself for the fifth time in the last, you know, I don't know, six months and then the 12th time in the last 12 months because we've had these conversations around EB. He should be a head coach in the league, plain and simple. But would I bet on him being a head coach next off next season? No, Nick, because we've gone through this so many times. Like He deserves to be a head coach. I, I hope he gets the opportunity. And I like to hear that Graziano saying that for whatever reason, maybe there is a difference in opinion this go around. Um, but... How can you feel confident that it's going to happen? No, Nick? because we felt confident in the past. Yeah, well, and and the sad the sad part is that every team has to fulfill their Rooney Rule right, requirements, right, and right, Eric Bieniemy is mm-hmm. a great guy to get that done. He certainly, I think, throughout the interview process at times has has been used. Unfortunately, let's. I mean, that's. I mean, unfortunately, um, for the Rooney Rule. And he's had, I think we don't well, know. He's a prime fish. candidate. We don't know. He's, a, he's an offensive coordinator for the number one offense right. in the NFL. I mean, he right. should be a prime candidate 
to be interviewed anyway. Just yes, to be a prime candidate. I agree. Again, I think he should be head coach. And like, um, I, that's but, what's so that's what's so weird, man. It's that. He's interviewed now, for 17 or 20, 20 different jobs, I think. And how many of the, I would love to go back and, and look at how many of those coaches just f- failed. Just absolutely. The yeah, ones who got yeah. hired over him. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there are success stories. It's not all yeah, terrible. I mean, it's a coaching like, carousel for a reason, right? I mean, the, the turnover in the NFL. We just had the numbers. Uh, you were gone, Nick. Last week, the NFL put out the numbers. $800 million, I think, was the number. Yeah. Have been spent on coach firings and buyouts in the last, what was it, five yeah. years? Yeah, and from the Chiefs' perspective, too, it's this has created a logjam that has led to guys leaving and going elsewhere. And now you've you've got you want to keep that train moving if you're Andy Reid. You want to continue to have offensive coordinators that go on to become head coaches. That way you can continue to attract the best young offensive minds who want to climb up through the ranks in your system. When you have one guy who, despite a ton of team success, can't get the opportunities that the guys who preceded him do, it creates this weird sort of mess where guys are like, do I want to stick around in Kansas City? Because it seems well, like that guy may be look, there forever. Look at Mike Kafka, right? He's the OC now and calling plays for the for the New York Giants who are going to make the playoffs this year and who will get some head coaching interviews and might be a head. Mike Kafka, this is the sad thing. There's a chance Kafka becomes a head coach before Biennemi. Yeah, it's I remember ridic- you said that abs- last year. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we yeah right before he got I was like, I think he might be a head coach before be enemy and not has nothing to do with what I think is a qualification. It's just the we've seen for three straight off seasons, one guy have 17 interviews and and not get head coaching gigs. I hope Graziano's right that for whatever reason, whatever the reason is, that there is a different feeling this go around. Eric Bieniemy interviewed in Denver last year, so the the notion that he would interview in Denver again that that's not even news to me. Like, well, yeah, I'm sure he will. Hey, right? how you been? I'm Eric? sure I'm, I'm sure What's he new? will. Is he going to get a head coaching gig? That's 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 the question. Do you do you buy in though to the point that if you're trying to figure out what has changed, because I you really are like why is it different? Do you think people would view him more favorably because they're like, oh, they are still the number one offense without Tyreek, or is it well, he has Mahomes still, he has no, Andy Reid still. I, I I don't buy it because I never thought it was Tyreek. I always thought it was Andy Reid, and not even Patrick Mahomes. I always thought it was Andy Reid. It was the idea that you know what. Maybe we've seen a couple of these guys, and Doug Peterson had success, but then he was, you know, outed pretty quickly after that success in Philadelphia. And Matt Nagy was a flash in the pan in Chicago. Like maybe there's not staying power to this offense outside of Andy Reid. Maybe Andy Reid is the one who continually evolves this offense. Well, he's and calling keeps the it. plays, right? We know that. That's yeah. the whole thing. That's you know, anytime we've we've both been asked a hundred times, and from people outside of Kansas City, like why, you know, why is why has he not been a head coach? There's a there's a long list. We, I think we've hit on a couple of them here, and I think one of them still, of course, is the whole notion of like who's calling the, right, who's calling the plays is definitely a knock, but also that is ridiculous to me whenever that gets brought up because multiple guys get hired every offseason cycle, Nick, that don't call the plays. There's, there's other examples, guys, that have been hired that they were not the ones necessarily calling the plays, most notably Doug Peterson, <laughs> okay? He... Going back, now he's since won a Super Bowl, of course. I'm not, he's doing a great job with the Jags. But when he got hired by Philly, he didn't. He was in the same yeah. spot as EB. Well, same spot as EB. And that's what's so weird is in somebody on the text line, I think this is a fair point, right? There's a fair question to ask. And the question is, are we in agreement that his coaching style works to be in the head coach? Okay. Are we, are we all in agreement that his coaching style works to be a head coach in the league? He seems like a hard ass, and I think seeing guys like Urban Meyer's failures – I've okay. shown that that wow. doesn't play in the NFL. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that is I can show you just as many instances of guys who are the the players' coaches, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who are loose and sort of like they 
They try to produce this really open environment who suck too. Also, there's <laughs> plenty of hard asses that are in they the NFL work. as head coaches. They that both have work. Yeah. They and, both uh, work. And, it, and also, I think it's just not even fair. Like, don't even comparing him to Urban Meyer in terms of what Urban Meyer was accused of doing, which was kicking a kicker. In a damn practice. You know what I mean? So, like, there's a whole different – compare, you know, hard-ass versus being, you know, physically abusive like Urban Meyer was to a kicker yeah. uh, is, is not even – you shouldn't even put him in the same sentence. And, and by the way, uh, somebody also asked, did he be interview with Denver's new ownership? It was the previous ownership. Yeah, that's fair, it was, Yeah, that's true. The team was sold that's over true. the summer. That was, yeah, prior prior ownership. That's, a, that's actually – No, I don't know point. how hands – it sounded like they were pretty hands-off when they first got here, but they weren't involved in this last hiring process. So. Yeah, the, the Walton family, this go-around, wants to be involved. I would imagine they would be, report. wouldn't you? Yes, with that Like, investment. hey, we spent a lot of money, and we're not seeing a ton of returns right now. Coming up next, we'll get to the Chiefs Red Half Hour. We'll, we'll sprinkle in the trash of the day there as well, but I want to get back into Laramie Tunzel, the left tackle for the Texans. He's a top-two left tackle in football. He wants – a new contract, similar to what Orlando Brown Jr. was asking for. I think there's a way to tie them two together next. This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload of football <laughs> tweets. First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold. Every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. You know it's going to be like 60 degrees today outside? Like 60. I love it. It's that's why it's it's very warm in our studio today. I was wondering you I was thinking you were going to wear shorts today. I was I would have predicted you know, I'm not that a huge shorts guy. It's got to be I forgot you don't like the shorts. I mean, I'm not anti shorts. It's just in certain situations. I'm actually surprised you're not trying to go golf this Like afternoon. I don't want your hairy thighs touching no, we've me. about this. Oh yeah, I forgot to ask about the flight. So, uh, yeah. Because of you texting into the show, acting as if you were a listener right before your flight to Germany. No, no, no. I was already there. You were in Germany. I had just landed. So, oh, that <laughs> was so funny. Did you, did, was this discussed on the air ever? Uh, kind of. We, we kind of mentioned, we were, we were like, why is Nick texting to the show when so you should what be on happened, vacation? So, so what happened was it, was, it was weird. We took off at. Your flight was, was delayed or something, right? Yeah, we, we just got a different flight. Um. So we got we 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 left at like eight p.m. and then you land at like four p.m. or something five p.m. and by the time you get through customs and go through security and get to the hotel, it was like six o'clock. But you're dead tired. Sure. So we, we I was sitting down at the bar waiting for Lindsay to get ready, and I'm just sitting down at the hotel bar, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh wow!" And like it's six o'clock at night, but they're just getting on the air. And I said, let me see if I can send a few texts to the text line and get, <laughs> and get somebody riled up. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but I, 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 it was something along uh, the lines of, was. talk about Brittany Griner yeah. right now, coward. And this was, this was, by the way, a week after she was actually <laughs> Yeah, released. it was like so dated. And so you texted in, <laughs> and I responded back, and I was like, what well, else do you want us to say? Well, like I that. said several texts. 
Yeah, you because did. I made sure I made sure to send like two or three to be like talk about it now. Or else I'm calling. Oh, I was like, I'm a huge spender with the station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite text from people. <laughs> I spend a ton of money. I'm going to call your boss. That's my favorite text. Yeah. And like, you went there. And then I was like, and then I named a specific salesperson. You and did. that must have been when you looked up the number. When I was like, I'm, my, my, uh, my sales rep is, and I named the name. Yeah. And I was like, I'm calling her right now and telling her oh, to pull. Because before that, I said, I go, I was like, go right ahead or something. Or, you know, I was like, like, I have a million dollar ad buy sitting on the table right now. I'm like, oh, go. He's like, I, and then of course you pulled the old cliche. Well, I'm going to the other station. I'm like, okay. Yeah, of course. Lindsay comes down and I'm just like cackling to myself. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like texting into my show. She's like, your first day on vacation. That's what I was surprised. And you're texting in on the guys that you're taking a vacation from. And I was, yes. Yeah. So then I did look up the number and I thought it was. I found out it was you. And I said, enjoy your. Can't enjoy your vacation, loser. Yeah. Uh, and then you responded. And my question, though, yeah, I guess how we got to this whole point was. Did you uh, ever talk Brittany Griner, by the way? No, because you were here when that first happened. Yeah, but did you talk about it again? No. Give it more coverage. No, we didn't. <laughs> I just loved the idea that there was somebody a week after that was like still reeling on it and wanted more, wanted more right. Brittany Griner talk. Demanding so you're, on your flight, you didn't sit in anybody, next to anybody that was wearing shorts with hairy legs. No, I so just you weren't said, uncomfortable. Uh, real, no. real quick, I know it's the Chiefs red hat. We always do this. Can I mention something? Because I, I think it's important for our listeners to know this. For someone that consistently gives Cody and I a hard time, specifically me, about where our seats are for sporting events. <laughs> Nick knows where I'm going. Yes, now. I do. And I am ready to come clean. So... You give me a hard times and times for the nice seats that, that I'm fortunate at times to sit in. And we've acknowledged that. At times, often, I would say. Okay, fair. Whatever. You are not allowed to be critical of that ever again. Mm-hmm. This guy essentially sat first class for a 10-hour flight. Yeah, and I'd do it again. To jer- I bet you, as you should. You should not be shamed by it, but you should just can't be critical now of anybody else. You oh. sat first class. You had the damn little pod things going with yeah. the seats. You, you flew first class international. Which, by the way, was not Ooh, what I had paid. This is not what I paid for on the original flight. Mm. Oh, so you cut that line, too, to get that seat. It's not cutting line. I mean, you purchased them. Mm. But on the original flight, it w- I was just sitting in regular. I don't know. There's like four classes for international flights. But you were the first. I was like this. Originally, I was in like the second or the third. Mm. And then when we upgraded or when we changed flights, I was looking at the seating chart. I was like, Lindsay, it's only like. X amount of dollars to get these extra seats, and we're going to get reimbursed for the original flight. Like this flight, this flight was cheaper already because it was not a direct. We had to go through Chicago, so the flight was cheaper than the original direct flight. I was like, we're already saving like a couple hundred bucks here, and then this one's only a couple hundred bucks more to just get these things. I'm like, we could just lay down and pass out the whole flight. So that's exactly what I did. I mean, I hear that's I, the way to do it if you can afford it for international flights. I so hammered a couple beers. And you passed out? Watched a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> and I knocked myself out. Don't ever, don't ever talk about sweet life again. You know what? Though, but when I do it, it's a necessity because you want to be ref- you want to mm. get some sleep and get be refreshed. You guys do it for just pure enjoyment. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So like, I'm taking a business trip. You're taking like a leisure trip to Sweet you, Town. Hold on, you. What business? I can assure you the, the meals. Did, the meals. What business did you do? <laughs> international, in international dealings. No, unless I was you scouting. Us, I unless was, you got us prepared for the Chiefs game in Germany so, next year. So here's here's my here's my feedback. You guys haven't. I'm surprised it's taken you so long to ask me about. 
you know, scouting, you know, the scene for Chiefs. Yeah. I was on a train. The train from we landed in Frankfurt, I had to take a train to Munich. Mm-hmm. The uh the little ticket agent. Mm-hmm. He was wearing Chiefs a Chiefs fan? lanyard. Chiefs fan? And I said, Hey, Chiefs. <laughs> and he goes, Oh yeah. And oh yeah. Like they just say yeah there. Um and then he walked away. That was it. That was your interaction. So that is my that is my So that's Chiefs all you feedback. got for us? So if we go to Germany for the Chiefs game next year. That that's you got us. Oh, nothing. and I did, and I did at a Christmas market. I saw another person wearing a woman wearing a Chiefs stocking cap. I did the same thing. I had, hey, did you wear Chiefs gear at all while you were there? I had a stocking cap I wore a couple times. I was like, hey, Chiefs, and she goes, huh? <laughs> and I go, and she goes, oh, my hat. So they're just wearing it to. And wear. I go, yeah, and she goes, huh? And then she walked away. So. You should have gone the opposite. So, I mean, you there's, there's all... odd, so my, my official report is that there is a fr- <laughs> Chiefs frenzy <laughs> taking over Germany. Sounds like it. I, I think you should have gone the opposite, just gone all in on soccer. Like Bayer, You should have just had Bayern Munich stuff throughout the entire uh, – that's all you should have worn, and I thought you were the biggest soccer fan yeah. the entire trip. I should have. I drove past that stadium. It's very cool. Were there not any games going on? I guess the World Cup was going know. on, so you couldn't. Probably go. not, yeah. Hmm. But no, we drove on the Autobahn and drove right past that you station. Did dri- you drove? I did you not drove? drive. I did not oh. drive. Oh, oh. Why didn't you drive on the autobahn? It was somebody else had a rented car, so I didn't. I just said, yeah, "How fast did you go?" I think we got up to like two hundred and fifteen kilometers, which, so, which is, like, is what I don't know, like eighty percent of that or something. I don't know. So two hundred miles an hour. It yeah. felt fast. Felt it, was fast. it was it was teetering on uncomfortable. Uh, that would be about one hundred and thirty-five. Okay. All right. Doesn't feel fast though when everybody else wow, is going. I'm sure you probably felt like you're actually going slow, considering how. You know, fast one thing I loved about that about driving over there is nobody sits in the left lane. Nobody. Oh well, that would be nice. That'd be really nice. Get the hell over. Everybody gets the hell over, man. <laughs> you bet. I mean, you better. You got some. You. It's the mantra. It's the mantra. Tells me that if you have someone on your ass going 140, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get the hell over. Yeah, there's nobody just driving like 60 in oh my, the left well, lane you, over there. I mean, that's dangerous for that person. Oh, that's very dangerous. My goodness. Anyway, all right. Uh, Good talk. Yeah, I'm glad we, glad we got that sorted out there. A few days after you, you've arrived back from. From Germany. Uh, we asked Damon Hughes this question, and, and he said, hey, in Veach, he trusts. In Veach, we trust when it comes to decisions in this regard. Uh, we know this past offseason, Orlando Brown Jr. said he wanted to be paid as the highest left paid left tackle in football, right? And we all looked at that and said, well, okay, you can ask for whatever you want, but you're, you certainly aren't the best left tackle. You're not a top five left tackle, but you can ask for that. We know the Chiefs tagged him. The Chiefs offered him a contract that would have bumped him up considerably. He turned it down. Uh, and so he played on the tag. He's actually played better in the last eight or last uh, six weeks than he did the first nine weeks based off of pressures allowed. All right, all positives. Uh, they could tag him again this offseason. Certainly a possibility. They could trade him. They could work out a new deal. All of that's a possibility. And then I saw Laramie Tunzel, who's a left tackle for the Houston Texans. And I understand they're a bad football team, but Laramie Tunzel is a top three left tackle in football. I feel very confident in saying that. He's also about the same age. As Orlando Brown Jr., 27, 28. I think, I think he's 28 now. He has a $35 million cap hit next year, does Tunzel. He now came out yesterday and said he wants to be the highest paid tackle in football. He's setting it up for this offseason where he either is going to get a huge deal, Nick, or they're going to trade him. Because I don't think they'll franchise tag him. Like, there's no, in that situation with that, why would you do that if you're the Texans, considering where you're at as a franchise? So I think. 
a trade of Tunzel is definitely possible for some team in the NFL. Why not Kansas City? Bear with, bear with me for a second. I mean, you're take out, a lot, it's going to take a lot to get Laramie Tunzel let me, back. Let me play this out for a second. Laramie Tunzel can't come to terms. They know that with the Texans. He wants to be paid the highest left, paid left tackle in football. Which, he's by the a, way, he's already third. Yep. He's already third yeah, highest He wants paid. more than Trent Williams, which is what, by the way, what Orlando Brown Jr. was asking for. You know what the difference is? Orlando Brown Jr. is not a top three left tackle, right? So that's the difference, and this is why I'm interested. I would pay Tunzel top left tackle money. The top, because to me, he is that. That's the difference. I don't think the Chiefs are dead set of never paying a left tackle top money for a little bit. I, I'm gonna do If I'm going to do it, you better be the best. And Tunzel, to me, is right there. And so how's it look? We know when they traded for Orlando Brown Jr. in 2021, they gave up, what was it, 28th overall pick. They gave up, uh, what, a fourth-round pick, and I think they swapped a fifth, something like that. And... They also got a second rounder back. Of course, the compensation is going to be more. That was for a 26-year-old Orlando Brown Jr. that had never played left tackle, by the way. So Tunzel's a little bit older, but he's much better. So, Nick, it's it's clearly a first-round pick at minimum, which might be 28 to 32 if we think the Chiefs are going to be one of those teams again. And then you're probably going to have to give up a third-round pick and maybe another pick on top of that and pay him a huge contract. That that That's a lot. That's a ton, no question. How do you stomach that? A couple ways you can do it. You can trade Orlando Brown Jr. by tagging him. Maybe get that third round pick back from that other trade. And then you've got your left tackle that, yeah, you're going to be paying highest paid left tackle money, but he actually is that. I'd be willing to find my left tackle truly of the future. Truly of the future for my half a billion dollar quarterback if I have to give up my first round pick because... If you're if you're if you're upset with Orlando Brown Jr., I think your only option is trade for someone like Tunzel, or you go and roll back Orlando Brown Jr. again. Tell me who else who else can you go and sign? Don't tell me a free agent because you think the play is not good for Orlando Brown Jr. It can be far worse so, than what you're but, getting right now. But what if Orlando Brown Jr. then says, "Well, if that's what he wants, I'm two years younger, so I want that contract as well, or I want something in the ballpark of that." The Texans are going to say, well, we're not going to give it to you, so you're not of any use to us. No, no, no. Not, not trading Brown to the Texans. No, 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 I'm not. No. You're saying would, you'd Yeah, yeah, hold on. Let me be clear. That, that would make no sense whatsoever. Yeah, okay. I was about to say. I was no, like, no, no, I, don't, no. I don't get let me, this. Let me be very clear on that. No, there's no swapping of tackles for the Texans. That would be the dumbest thing, 100%. Yeah. No, okay, no, no. Okay. If they're paying Orlando Brown, they would just pay Tunzel. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying you would. Ha- there's a lot of moving parts. You, you would have to know that you could acquire Laramie Tunzel. And also know that you have a trade already pretty much solidified to trade Orlando Brown Jr. to somebody to where you can maybe get a third round pick for Brown. You trade a first third and something for Tunzel. So then really you're eliminating the third round pick and then you give him the massive contract for five years to make him the highest paid left tackle. Love that, by the way, like you have to pay, you have to, you have to give up a King's ransom just for the privilege of giving someone like $140 million. Happens all the time. I know, you know, know, it's just funny, (laughs) but here's the thing with, with that position specifically, Tunsil's 28, a little bit older than Orlando Brown Jr. The beautiful thing is Trent Williams is 34, yeah. and he is dominant. Yes. That, is a, that is a position where guys can play well into their 30s at a very, very high level. So I, the Chiefs would not, if he were available, I don't think the Chiefs would think twice about giving him the contract that he's asking for, whereas right now I still oh, you're think, saying if he was a free agent or something? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, it, yeah, the, the price would be astronomical. Like, well, because yeah. the price is going to be astronomical. Highest. I mean, it, the difference with him, again, he can ask, talking about Tunzel, he can ask to be 
the highest paid left tackle, Nick, and someone will give him that. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown Jr. was not going to become the highest paid left tackle per se. The contract the Chiefs offered him this past offseason, I don't think that's necessarily on the table again, though, from the Chiefs. Well, let me ask you this, because we, when we talk about resetting the market, that can mean a lot of different things. Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams truly mm-hmm. reset the market last offseason, where we thought they were asking for $25 million and they ended up getting $30. Mm-hmm. Right. The so, left tackle contracts, there are not as many of them, right? There's not as correct. many left tackles as there are wide receivers. Correct. That changes things a bit. But the, the, in terms of, like, the average annual salary, Trent Williams making about $23 million. Right about where, up until last year, that's what the elite wide receivers were making. Could we see this jump even yes. higher than what we are thinking I, right now? I think that Laramie Tunzel could reset the market to where it is not $23 million a year, but $27, 28000000 million a year. I think it could go up that much for him. Orlando Brown Jr. wanted to do that. He's not that kind of player. He can't, I mean, I, I give him credit. He's gotten better again, like last season, as the season has gone on. We looked at the pressures. Uh, he, he's, he's been much better here in weeks 10 through soon to be 18, 17, than he was in the first nine weeks. That's a fact. Credit to that. But he's not what Tunzel is. He's not what Trent Williams is. Tunzel's much closer to being actually what you're paying for. And that's why I, I'm interested. This will be something that, uh, after the Super Bowl, will we'll, we'll come up again. But I think those comments from Laramie Tunzel were really interesting yesterday because they're very similar to Orlando Brown Jr.'s, and, and I think he's going to actually get what he wants, uh, unlike what Orlando Brown Jr. had play out this past offseason. Real quick, though, uh, I, I saw the odds are out for who the Chiefs could face a couple times a year with the Las Vegas Raiders as their quarterback. We know yesterday Derek Carr, the news that he's benched. And then after the show, after we got off the air, we learned that he's also just going to be away from the team. So not only is he benched, like they agreed, like, Go hang out at home, man. Thanks. We don't want you at the facility. We don't want you to be a distraction. You know why? Because if he were at the facility, everybody would say, why is this other dude starting? He sucks. Yeah. Well, and I also think it's done. You know, it's over. It's, it's, it's right. It's but the, yeah, that's here, part man. of that. Like he, he's not going to be on the Las Vegas Raiders next year. Okay. So we know that there are odds on who could be the quarterback next year for the Raiders. This is from bet online. It's an offshore book. Tom Brady is the favorite. I wouldn't put any money on that. I, I, someone explain to me why that one makes sense. Truly, I've heard I, texting with buddies. They're like, "Oh, Brady's going to end up in Las Vegas. He's three to one odds." Truly, give me the give me the reasons for it because here's my reasons why I think it's ridiculous and why it's not an option. Uh, number one, uh, there were reports when Josh McDaniels was in New England with Brady at the end that their re- relationship was deteriorating. So what he wants to go be back with the guy that if we're to believe the relationship wasn't great at the end. Okay. That's number one. Why I don't think it makes any sense. Number two, Tom Brady. We know at this stage of his career where maybe he has one year left. If he decides to play next year, it's all about winning the Super Bowl. That's it. It's why he picked the bucks a couple years ago. They were most ready to win a Super Bowl. The Raiders next year, even with Tom Brady are not Super Bowl ready. They're not at all. Oh, and you're going to go to the EAFC where he, Brady's going to have to go through Burrow. Herbert, Mahomes, and Josh Allen versus picking a team in the NFC where look at the playoff field even this year. So I'm not buying well, I would Brady. Say, I'm not buying Brady the Raiders, man. Not at all. Okay, I would I'm I don't think he ends up in Vegas, but it's not I don't seem to be think I don't I don't seem to think it's as far fetched as you do simply because they have 
an elite wide receiver. You have yeah. an offensive coordinator that you have, I mean, an extensive history with in but Josh McDaniels. But the report is that they didn't, they're not getting along. Their, their relationship deteriorated at the end. And then you you talk about an offensive line that the, Ra- the Raiders have been a pretty solid offensive line this year. That's what Brady needs because that's what you have to think Ooh, about. See, what the, the, what does the, Brady need? He yeah. needs a great offensive line. And he needs they to don't coach have that, though. That's the th- like, they're I mean, not horrible. No, but like that was the whole talk offseason. Oh, the Raiders improved their offensive line. They didn't. They didn't touch it, and it's been a disaster well, for Derek Carr. They've. They, I mean, it, when we start talking about pass blocking, it's kind of like, okay, right. what are we, what are we breaking down here? You know, but pass block win rate. It's one of the few things that we can kind of just point to. They're eighth in the NFL this year, so it's not the Bucks, but All right, so who, who, it's who solid. You, so. You don't think it's compl- so. I'm out on Brady. You think there's there's still a chance. What about the next most likely odd? Jimmy Garoppolo plus three fifty, Anthony Richardson. He's the, he'd be a quarterback out of Florida. Um, the Raiders have a top ten pick, so you're thinking Anthony uh, Richardson's going top ten. Doesn't make any sense to me. No, uh, I don't. I, I don't was, think he's going top um, ten. C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, then Jared Siddham, who's going to start these next two games, and an interesting one at nine to one, Lamar Jackson. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's the Raiders, but Lamar Jackson's future will be very interesting this offseason. He's been hurt again. We know they didn't give him the contract that he wanted this past offseason. They're going to tag him at minimum. Duh. So it would have to be a trade. Like, they're not – it'd be a tag and trade. Like, Lamar's not just going to become a free agent. I'm to the point where I don't expect him to get a long-term deal with Baltimore. So you think they're going to trade him? Yeah. I or, don't know, if, I don't know when. Or make play but, on the franchise tag? Yeah, I think, I think they'll make him play on the – try to make him play on the franchise tag again, but – or next year, but – at what point do we just acknowledge that this is so opposed to how we see most teams handle quarterback negotiations and it's just weird. say, that where there's smoke, there's fire, they're not resigning him? I mean, we I haven't even, lot we haven't even got depend, one, Nick, one little uh, notion that they've even been close. Right. And look, during the season, we wouldn't get that because they can't negotiate during the season. But yeah, before the before the season, it didn't seem that way. I think a lot will depend to Nick on what, what the postseason does or looks like for the Ravens, right? I mean, right now we know they're in the postseason. We don't know if they're going to win the AFC North or be a wild card team. You know, if Lamar gets comes back healthy, Nick, and they end up in an AFC title game for the first time in his career, maybe that solidifies the, the dollar amount that he can get. Maybe that, you know, maybe that changes it a little bit, but I think that'll be dictating his future. Uh, I disagree. A lot of people say in the 49ers, that, that one for Brady doesn't make any sense. They, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy. They don't need Brady. They don't need him. They don't need that. Why? They don't need him. Why do I need Tom Brady? Well, the one year that Kyle Shanahan did have an elite quarterback or a quarterback playing at an elite level was Matt Ryan, won the MVP, 15-1. and one. That team, Does that team need Tom Brady next year? No. They don't need him. So why am I, why am I going down that messing with that? For a guy to come in and try to change. Also, Kyle Shanahan, you're not telling Kyle Shanahan what to do with his offense, Tom. You're not. You're not. You're not telling him what to do with your with his offense. I mean, he's kind of running that whole team. Yep. Tom Brady wants to go somewhere where he is in charge. It is his show. Yeah, and that offense is not going to be the offense that he's used to running. So you're saying, okay, well then, Gold, where do you think he's going? <laughs> well, I think retirement is definitely on the table again, 100. Um, and then after that, Miami. What about a little uh, Miami? What about a little reunion? What about a little uh, back to New England? Yeah, let's hug. And, let's well, kiss do, and make up. Uh, the I think Cdot had a Raiders reporter on yesterday that said that maybe the Raiders would try to trade for Mac Jones to join Josh McDaniels. Which, by the way, as a Chiefs fan, you should love. If the Raiders went with Mac Jones, it'd be phenomenal. Um, I don't know Belichick Brady. I think that's done. The reason why I said Miami is 
unfortunately for Tua, we, we don't know his long-term future, not just because of performance, but obviously the concussion stuff. Can he play next year? Can he play football? Will he play football again? We know Tom Brady wanted to go to Miami a year ago. That was with Sean Payton, and they got in trouble for it. Tom Brady, you want to talk about a ready-made team to win Super Bowl next year. Doesn't have a, that may not have a quarterback if Tua retired or something. Uh, Tom Brady, Miami would actually oh, I be got very it. interesting. Except I got you're it. dealing with the AFC. Tom Brady has done everything that you can do as a player. Mm-hmm. And? One thing he's never done is won a Super Bowl as a coach. <laughs> Eric Bieniemy, head coach of the Broncos. Matt Nagy becomes the OC. Tom Brady hired to become the quarterback's coach. Tom Brady, what Patrick Mahomes, join forces, win the Super Bowl. He wins the Super Bowl as a coach, takes one more year, and then heads to the broadcast booth. He's got $350 million waiting for him in the broadcast booth. Yeah, but this why not slum it, why not slum it same... as a quarterback coach for one I know, more year? I can't even take this whole thing seriously. <laughs> this is also why I laughed when people would say, oh, Alex Smith should be a QB coach. Quarterbacks like him that made as much money on that level, like they don't just they don't become quarterback coaches. The quarterback, with all due, with all due respect to Mike Kafka's and others of the world, and Doug Peterson's of the world, they're usually the guys that were career backups that were smart, really smart players, uh, a la Kellen oh, so you Moore. Don't think, you don't think Kellen Tom Moore. Brady's smart. No, that's not what I said. I think he's dumb. Kellen Moore, pretty much career backup, going to be a head coach probably this next offseason. I don't see Peyton Manning's of the world becoming head coaches. If anything, become GMs. Coming or QB coaches. That's just not how that works. You know this. Hmm. I'm just saying don't rule it out. I'll rule it out. I'll rule it out. I'll rule out that Tom Brady will be a quarterback coach next year for an NFL team. All right. Coming up next, we'll get to what's trending. Back into the bowl game madness from last night in a little all 32 in the NFL. Trash of the day. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app.